is again. One, two, three, I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act who at first may shock you. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey everybody, I'm Rob. And I'm Joseph. Welcome to the Patti Smith Deep Dive edition of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, History of Punk, Post-Punk, and New Wave 1976 to 1986. It's Patti Smith, the godmother of punk. Now Rob, you and I, we've been friends for a long time through yep. kind of thick and thin times. Yep, yep. And because of that, I'm confident that our friendship can survive this conversation we're about to have. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're you're a pretty big Patti Smith fan. I am. Yeah. Up till now, I've been able to kind of fend uh, ignorance um, as I wasn't that familiar with her catalog. But this uh, week of cramming uh, in pre in prep for this deep dive had really has confirmed my worst fears. Oh, that's interesting. I gotta say, I find that fascinating because uh, in my mind, what we've put together for this episode is a really good playlist. A really good mm -hmm. Patti Smith playlist. Um, and I've listened to this playlist a few times, and I I just I just really dig it. Like, this is what I want on a compilation, on a, on a Patti Smith, you know, compilation album. Well, before the throwdown commences, let's set the mood with a little Patti Smith, um, say, Fire of Unknown Origin. All right. expecting a throwdown but i i'm i'm really interested in, in hearing what you have to say so so i'm not going to hold anything against you obviously we have our own opinions on various things and and we're adults we can handle this but but i i i want to hear what you have to say i'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah, it'll be a lively conversation, um, no doubt, and I I hope you're up for um, pushing back yeah, against yeah. me and um, you know coming out fighting in the in the Patty pro Patty Smith corner. <laughs> I got the gloves on. Before we begin that, uh, <laughs> there are of course a couple of things we need to touch base about. Mm -hmm. I just want to remind everybody that we are talking about music. Music is art, and there is nothing more subjective than art. Uh, although this is an opinion show, we try to uh, never get too opinionated because ultimately we are here to celebrate this extraordinary music that was produced in a per during a pretty unique period of time. I see that almost every episode 
and I always mean it, but boy, I really mean it in this episode. <laughs> I gotta say, man, for some for somebody who uh, who uh, um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Elvis Costello. Um, in fact, you know, before this podcast, I couldn't stand Elvis Costello. He, he made he made me sleepy. Um, mm-hmm. And you've always been a, a diehard fan of his, from from what mm-hmm. I remember. You've always loved his stuff. It it surprises me, not that Elvis Costello and Petty Smith are similar in their execution, but it surprises me that that there's not you know that there's not something about her that makes you go, you know what? I, I kind of dig this. But I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to what you got to say because I am I'm really interested. Yeah. So yeah, well, we certainly have a lot to discuss. Yeah. Um, uh, but before that, uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, we are taking a breather next month. So uh, the month of July, you will hear from us, but it won't be a regular episode. It'll be a bonus episode of some sort. Um, and we might as well just um, address it here. And now we do not have a guest for this. We We had our... Heartbroken a couple of times. We, a couple of I mean, times. we did just a, <laughs> just about everything we could, uh, short of going down the the street and knocking on doors. Well, well, hold on. <laughs> I I did actually try that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay though. So, anyways, um, it's it's going to be the two of us uh, yeah. talking about Patty Smith. We are uh, not going to cover. Uh, her entire catalog. We are just going to talk about the first six albums. So that puts us through um, 1996, mm-hmm. and then later down the road, we'll we'll tackle the remaining uh, five. Um, so I think that's it for um, housekeeping business. Uh, we can start talking about Patty Smith. Let's do a um, like a Patty Smith 101 and then our rankings and then we can we can go go into like general first thoughts uh, before we start tackling the individual albums. Does that yeah, sound good? Sound, sounds great to me. So um, here are the top five Patty Smith songs on Spotify. Number one is Because the Night. Number two is Dancing Barefoot. Number three is People Have the Power. Number four is Frederick. And number five is Gloria, which really surprised me. I thought Gloria would be number one, but, you know, well, what, what do be, I know? Yeah, Because the Night is one of those that's been all over. It's, you know, it's a beer commercial. Uh, so Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was, but I was really surprised that Frederick, because well, we, uh, I mentioned Frederick, um, our last episode when when we were discussing this uh, album, the or the Wave album that it's on, uh, because it seems so like un Patty Smith ish and really a low point of that album. So I was really surprised to see that it was the fourth most popular song. Uh, Another thing about Patti Smith is uh, Rolling Stone magazine thinks that she is the 47th greatest artist of all time. Mm, Okay. So, so Patti Smith, uh, she started out um, in New York 
musically, but she was an accomplished poet and actress and theatrical person long before that. Right, Rob? Since you touched on that, I kind of want to touch on something about Patti Smith coming into New York. Okay. She and Robert Mablethorpe, the, uh, the photographer, both yep. came into New York City together, and their goal being in New York was to become, you know, part of the poetry art scene. And so that was their goal. That was, that was what she was about there. So she kind of, musically, she got her start at CBGB's. She was one of the, um, like, first wave of bands to um, come out of that scene. Uh, started out as a performing poet. And started integrating music into it, and then got the Patti Smith group going. Um, uh, very, very closely tied to uh, CBGBs. Hugely influential. Uh, I mean, just uh, everybody. Influenced everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, Has some really... Um, uh, interesting ties with the Blue Oyster Cult, which um, is a band that I kind of loved when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> and the first Patti Smith song I ever heard, Patti Smith song meaning a song written by Patti Smith, was Fire of Unknown Origin, which, which we just heard. Um, but their version of the yeah. song, which doesn't sound anything like her version <laughs> which do you like better oh well that's, <laughs> that's a silly question, question. Yeah. i've been, i've been, i've loved the blue oyster cult song well the, that whole album that was the title track from yeah. um the first blue oyster cult album that i ever heard and that i owned um and i've always loved that song so it wasn't even until a couple of years ago that I discovered that that was written by Patti Smith. And so that blew my mind. And then just a couple of months ago, I heard her version for the first time. If you didn't hear, if you didn't listen to the lyrics, you wouldn't ever guess that it was the same song. <laughs> Before we started recording, I mentioned to you that I don't have a whole lot to add to the Patti Smith 101, which I guess is, is a big load of crap. Um... I have a little more than that. <laughs> a, a I, I of, knew you would. Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, now, Patti Smith did kind of get her start at CBGB, um, but the interesting thing there is that she, they had already kind of gotten together uh, the Patti Smith group, or at least what were the beginnings of the Patti Smith group. And she and Maplethorpe were hanging out at Max's Kansas City a lot. This was before CBGBs. And uh, one day she was taking a walk with, uh, gosh, I kind of want to say it was uh, somebody out of the band. Maybe it was Kay or somebody out of the band. Uh, and they, they were passing by this, this club, and the guy was replacing the, um, the overhang, you know, the canopy that, that hangs out over the, over the sidewalk, and he was putting on it the letters CBGVs. CBGV, uh, O-M, you know, anyway, the rest of those letters. And they're like, hey, what does that mean? And he told them what it meant. And she's like, well, we got a band, man. We'd love to play. And he's like, eh, I don't know about that. Of course, the, the, that person was Hilly Crystal, the owner of, of CBGB. 
And uh, she said, look, we will take Sunday, Sunday night, which was a dead night. Nobody played because nobody showed up. Okay. And, uh, but the, the thing is, is you, we promise you that you will make money on the bar and we want to take the door. So basically we're going to take all the money that comes in from the door, the, the, you know, people coming in and paying at the door. You'll get a ton of cash at the bar. We promise. Just let us do it. And he gave them a chance and they made a ton of money right off the bat. That Sunday nights got to be really big because the Patty Smith group was playing. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they were regulars and you, you were right. They were one of those groups that was the first wave and uh, kind of, cemented CBGB as being a, you know, kind of a hotspot, so. Yeah, well, um, so getting back to Blue Oyster Cult, I f- forgot to mention a couple of things. Oh, yes. So she, she, uh, it's just, it seems bizarre to me that there's a strong connection between uh, her and Blue Oyster Cult, but she was um, dating one of the members for quite a while and was actually uh considered at one point uh to as the lead singer of blue oyster cult yeah wow (laughs) have have you ever been to see blue oyster cult in concert no 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 no, no. i was but by the time i was going to concerts i was not you were over it it yeah Yeah. i was not in a place where i would ever go to a blue oyster cult i went i went to one of their concerts about 10 years maybe 12 years ago and uh Mm. i mean the band is still there they're still they're still going and they were pretty it was a it was a fun concert it was great yeah yeah that that doesn't surprise me at all okay so uh you ready for rankings yeah yeah do you want to go first or do you want me to go first yeah no i'll go first okay Okay. so i'm gonna go ahead from uh, number six down to number one um Mm -hmm. my number six Patty Smith album is Dream of Life. Number five is Wave. Number four is the first album, Horses. Number three is Gone Again. Number two is Radio Ethiopia. And number one is Easter. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> I there is there is one album of these six that I uh, really kind of like one album that I really dislike. And then the rest of them are like varying degrees of indifference for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, okay. um, so number six, my least favorite is gone again. Number five is dream of life. Of course, that's, those are her two solo albums. Number four is Easter. Number three is Wave. Number two is Horses. And number one is Radio Ethiopia. Uh So we are going to have a lot to talk about. (laughs) For sure. So here's here's where I'm at with Patti Smith. Um, She just, we are, she and I are on completely different frequencies. I mean, I get why why she is um, uh, so associated with punk rock. I'm not going to dispute that at all. Um, But when I, when I listen to this music, uh, I'm thinking mostly about the Patti Smith group stuff. 
Um, to me, it sounds like 20% punk rock music and 80% hippie rock music. Uh, so that's, that's where I'm at. And that's oh, just, okay. that's just kind of like not my thing. I mean, so much of her stuff, uh, as I was listening to it, I, there were two artists that really came up again and again, because most of these songs I, I have heard for the first time, you know, in the last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I was experiencing these songs for the first time, the the two artists that just popped up again and again in in my brain were um, uh, Janis Joplin and um, um, Morrison of the Doors. That's hilarious, right? I think I let let me tell you what I think is funny about that is, for the past two weeks, I have been listening to Patti Smith in my home. But while I'm in my car, I've been listening to Jim Morrison and Janis Joplin. <laughs> yeah. The aspect of Patti Smith's music that really makes me think of Janis Joplin is that sort of like unhinged, wild child, you know, hippie druggy thing, right? Okay. Um, in the in the in the performance, and then. Um, the Jim Morrison thing is more like the poetry reading stuff over the sort of spacey music that is kind of like strung out and goes on for days and days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, you know, that's not a, a value judgment so much as just sort of like that's what I thought of much more than anything of, of, you know, a punk type nature. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I do think that Patti Smith, like a lot of uh, iconic artists, are singular um, in their um, voice, both literally and figuratively speaking, and are like big personalities. And we've talked about this before, where um, those personalities either resonate with you or they don't. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Patti Smith's songs, when I was listening to them, I was just thinking, you know, if her thing resonates with you, then you're gonna then you're gonna find this um, really brave and expressive and emotional and um, and exciting and all of that. But if it doesn't resonate with you, yeah. it just sounds self-indulgent. Yeah. yeah. And I and so that's it came up a lot for me was like, okay, already. Come on. Oh, well. So, it's that's it's where cool. I'm at. yeah. It, there's there's not a whole lot I can push back on because that's that's some that's the way you feel about it, but you're yeah, absolutely yeah. You're right. I mean, I again, you know, I go back to, to Elvis Costello, who I who I said, you know, would put me to sleep, and it's that thing. For some reason, that didn't connect with me. I didn't, I yeah, didn't click with that. Yeah, but well, but yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is that so far, with all of our deep deep dives that we've done, um, where one of us was, you know, kind of reluctant, um, coming out of yeah. it. Um, we had more of an appreciation and, you know, 
uh, had more of enthusiasm for that artist's work. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I will never be a huge Iggy Pop fan, but I got a lot out of that, um, that deep dive and a lot of more appreciation for his stuff. But as I I did with Elvis Costello. Yeah. Yeah. But, but with this, it was just kind of exactly the opposite. It's just uh, the experience of just kind of reinforced my fears about how I feel about uh, Patti Smith's music and her sensibilities. So um, uh, I will try not to be too much of a Debbie Downer as we go through. <laughs> we, we, we've got a great playlist. I've been listening to this playlist um, pretty much nonstop for the yeah. last several days. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is uh, kind of, well, you know, it's interesting. Actually, most of my favorite Patti Smith songs are songs that we've actually already featured, right? So they're not on the on this playlist, um, but I I would say that I have heard so far I've heard maybe ten Patti Smith songs that I really really like. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's something. Okay. Well, enough of that. Let's uh, let's actually get to the album, shall we? Please. Okay, uh, 1975 sees the release of the Patti Smith's group debut album called Horses, uh, the sort of iconic song off of this. Uh, it was Gloria, which is a cover tune. Um, it was really sort of her um, calling card for a long time. That's the song I've always associated with her. Uh, we have heard uh redondo beach that was the song that we went out of um on our bonus track episode Mm -hmm. from last week rolling stone magazine thinks it's the 26th greatest album of all time and nme thinks it's the 12th greatest album of all time yeah well (laughs) yeah i like it all right (laughs) this is um this was produced by John Cale, a uh, pretty dramatic, uh, traumatic experience um, with John Cale. Uh, and uh, boy, she and Patti Smith did not get along at all, did they? <laughs> not fans of each other. Yeah. Of course, John Cale was originally from the Velvet Underground. Um, Two guests of note appear on this album. Um, Alan Lehner of the Blue Oyster Cult, who Mm -hmm. was dating Patti Smith at the time. And then um, Tom Verlaine of television. That's right, yeah. A a fellow CBGB uh, staple. So... I thought that this was going to be your favorite Patti Smith album. It is generally considered her best album. Well, I'll tell you, it, for the longest time, it was my favorite Patti Smith album. And then I listened to all of them side by side. Um, mm. Which, you know, and, and it wasn't just the music. I got to say, I kind of got in a headspace where I was listening to the music, listening to the songs kind of feeling the vibe of of what was taking place in the world around her um and everything kind of made sense to me so 
so my favorites shifted a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there. If we were to look at her entire discography in one set, there's a couple of her albums I simply hate. Um, mm-hmm. We're not talking about either of those tonight, so that's cool. <laughs> but Horses is is not a. I don't think it's a bad album at all. I, I you know I I quite enjoyed it, and it's you know it's number four on my list, but. Um, I actually like the others quite a bit too. So it it is it is your least favorite of the Patti Smith Group albums. Um, I guess that would. Let's see. Or or wave no. actually wave wave is my that. least That's favorite. Right. Yeah, of those. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, gosh, the the fantastic thing about uh only covering um six albums is we get to hear two songs from each album each of our picks so um you know there are there are lots of moments um in these six albums well let me take that back there are lots of moments in the patty smith group albums um that I absolutely adore. Nice. Uh, and so, really, my picks were were the songs that I don't like. Love the song in a whole, but there there are just some absolutely magic moments to them, and none of them have to do directly with the Patty Smith persona, like Patty Smith doing her thing. Um, they it has to do more with the the music or the backup vocals. I'm sure that she she had a lar- played a large role in those moments happening, but um, but the 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 moments that are really magic to me are sort of aside from the uh, sort of Patty Smith being capital P capital S Patty Smith. Uh, and so the song uh, Break It Up um, has some really nice moments, particularly in the chorus. It was shining. I could feel my heart, it was melting. I tore off my clothes, I danced on my shoes, I ripped my skin open and then I broke through. it up and uh, we're going to go back to the fact that uh, I'm a, a fan of The Doors, Jim Morrison and as well as a fan of poetry and both Morrison's poetry and Patti Smith's poetry and this song of course is uh, you know inspired or at least about or, or you know I guess you could say it's about Jim Morrison right um, I, I had I, no idea yeah, yeah it is and I, I just really feel I don't know 
I, I feel that connection, you know. Um, I listened to a version of this song where before the, actually before the song, I listened to some of her poetry and there was poetry about Jim Morrison. And then she, she mm-hmm. breaks into the song. And uh, I don't know, it's, it, it, to me, it, it kind of touches that uh, kind of spiritual, and you might call this, you know, hippie rock. Uh, <laughs> but, but for a time, people like Morrison and Janis Joplin and, well, I guess even Patti Smith were kind of the gurus of the music scene, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, and so it kind of puts me in that mood. Um, but anyway, I dig the song and I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, what song did you pick? So, well, uh, all of them. Um, (laughs) but I had to choose just one. And one I picked was a song that I feel is one of the best parts of, uh, of this, of this album. Um, a song called Birdland. His father died. Left him a little farm in New England. All the long black funeral cars left the scene, and the boys just standing there alone, looking at the shiny red tractor. Him and his daddy used to sit inside and circle the blue fields and grease the night. As if someone had spread butter on all the fine points of the stars, because when he looked up, they started to slip. And he put his head in the crooks of his arms and he started to drift, drift to Break It Up might be about Jim Morrison, but Birdland is like her embodying him, um, <laughs> you know, as far as far as the musical approach. Um, and I got to tell you on this playlist, uh, as I've been listening to it, I got through all the way through this song once and that that was it. I can't this song just goes on forever it's it so does, long yeah, it and, does go on forever and when when i used the word self-indulgent earlier this was this was the inspiration for that word <laughs> <laughs> i i um this is this is patty smith in at her least appealing for me um i like it when she's she's going balls out so to speak and just like vomiting her her energy like full tilt at you um and the music is doing the same thing yeah um as opposed to this which uh, is i can't get through yeah well i and i can understand that now this particular song um and i don't think you're wrong about the jim morrison vibe um she felt really connected to a lot of people a lot of artists and Mm. of course when those artists died she she took it as a personal loss whether she knew them or not jim morrison was definitely one of those people um now the song was actually inspired by uh, a biography called a book of dreams which is uh was let's see it was about like an austrian an austrian psychoanalyst named wilhelm reich wilhelm reich 
And um, the author, Peter Reich, which was uh, Wilhelm's son, said that uh, while at the funeral, he imagined leaving on a UFO piloted by his father's spirit. And, uh, you know, really very metaphysical. Um, but that song was based on this particular book. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. UFOs and, uh, you know, spirits. And probably hippie rock. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, that was Horses, released in 1975, <laughs> her most iconic album. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that, right? No. I yeah, mean, it, I, it, I agree. It, it, it wasn't her, her most commercially successful album, but it is... I think if you went down the street and said, quick, name a Patti Smith album, most people would say Horses. Horses, yeah. Yeah. The very next year, in 1976, their follow-up album is released called Radio Ethiopia. Um, not particularly well-received. I, I, I guess maybe the expectations were just too high coming off of horses. Um, and we have heard one song already, which is actually, I think probably my favorite song off of this album called pumping, mm -hmm. which is a pretty awesome song. Yeah. It's um, my favorite too. This is, this is, uh, do you agree that this is by far her most punk rock album? Y you know, I would have to say, yeah, that's the case. There are a couple of, there's like another album where she's got some pretty punk rock songs, but on a whole, this is probably the most punk rock, which brings us to the question again of why she was even named the godmother of punk. But, um, but yeah, I think you're right. I agree with that. I, I, this this has um, a lot of really great moments on it. Mm -hmm. um, I I um, I don't listen to Patti Smith for. I mean, I know she's a poet, but I just don't listen to her music and pay attention to the lyrics. I, I just kind of I like it when the band just like gets in a groove and she's playing off of the music with her vocals. Um, that's the stuff that I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of it in this album. There, oh, there are a the lot of really magic moments. Yeah. So uh, you picked the song Ain't It Strange. Is that your favorite song off the album? No, uh, Pumping My Heart is actually yeah. my favorite. Um, yeah. Of course, we already listened to it. And I, uh, you know, when we... Uh, we're putting the playlist together. I'm like, we've got to hear pumping. And then I'm like, and then you said, uh, we've already heard that one. Pick it again. And I'm like, ah, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so yeah. I complained a little bit, but, um, and ain't it strange. I find interesting, um, not just in the song and the lyrics, but it, it again is one of those kind of wishy moonbeam, you know, kind of, metaphysical type of tune that I'm pretty sure you don't care a whole lot for but uh... actually but see I, I had no idea because I just I'm not listening to the yeah. lyrics and it's it's kind of in a song like this it's kind of easier to not listen to the lyrics <laughs> in Vineland, there's a 
is a, a, a fascinating song but again the thing that that I think I love the most I mean I like the poetry bit you know that hippie hippie trippy poetry vibe baby but I, I really love the music the guitar is so great in this song mm-hmm. yeah yeah I agree she um, by the way in, in when she performed this tune in uh, 1976 and she whirled around as she does when she performs this song, she whirls around and spins around in that way that, you know, is self-indulgent. <laughs> and apparently she fell off the stage and yeah. she fell four, 14 feet landing on her neck and she broke her face and several vertebrae. And uh, she, in an interview, she said, but the doctor said not to worry about it. This kind of thing happens all the time. <laughs> Well, she's a tough cookie. I, I don't think that anyone would contest the fact that um, that here is a person who who can take her lumps and not slow down at all. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather not take those lumps, though. Those are some yeah. serious lumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the um, the song that I picked is called "Pissing in a River." It was released as the first single off this album, which just seems bizarre to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's got um, a great chorus. Love the backup vocals. Love the way that the her vocals and the backup vocals and the music are all playing off of each other. This is this is um, just some kind of perfect musical alchemy um, in. Uh, quite a few parts of this song i i really like this song a lot there are i'd mentioned there's probably 10 patty smith songs that i've that i've heard that i would say that i actively like this is definitely one of them This album 
wasn't super successful, as you pointed out. Um, and there were there were some uh, there were some critics that that called it. Uh, you know, they had a few choice words: pretentious and inexcusable. Um, uh, but uh, again, pointing out that it's probably the the grungiest, most punk album, <laughs> you know, that yeah. uh, that Patti Smith Group did. So. Yeah, so it was not well received um, at the time, but I think um, uh, over over time um, that attitude has shifted. I yes, think it's a, a, a well more well received album now uh, than than back then. Listening to all of these albums over again, um, you know, like I said, side by side, it 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 kind of grew on me and became you know became like my second favorite patty smith album um, i don't always reach for a patty smith album but when i do <laughs> it's radio ethiopia <laughs> there you go 1978 sees the release of um their third album and most commercially successful called easter the big hit off of this was the song Because the Night, which was co-written with Bruce Springsteen. We have heard uh, a couple of songs off of this album, and really the only two songs that I particularly like. So we heard Space Monkey, and we heard Ghost Dance. This is your favorite Patti Smith album. This is my favorite Patti Smith album. It... Uh... It he hit number twenty on the Billboard two hundred, you know. Uh huh. Um, it again has a lot of like weird metaphysical stuff about it, esoteric kind of UFO psychedelic stuff going on here, um, and uh, and not just in the song Space Monkey and Ghost Dance, but <laughs> but a good part of the rest of the albums. You know, it's it's just it's it's a trippy thing, which. Um, I don't know, it might be part of why I liked it. There's still this whole poetry vibe, and uh, I have a hard time not loving um, the blend of poetry and music. So Yeah, and I would say also that this is, um, of the albums that, that we are covering tonight, this is the one where stylistically it's the most kind of all over the place. It is. Like yeah. uh, each song is in, well, not every song, but there are a lot of songs that are in very intentionally distinctive, different styles. Um, and, uh, and you know, I as far as the sort of like hippie, spiritual, UFO-y type subject matter, that doesn't really, that in itself isn't off-putting to me. I mean... Mm -hmm. My two favorite songs off of this are Space Monkey and Ghost Dance. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I, I just it 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 doesn't feel very cohesive because of the jumps in style. I mean, I've heard lots and lots of albums that are much more abrasive in that, but this one just doesn't quite sit right for me because of that. I was just going to say that uh, this album is, I, th I think I'm, everybody's heard Because the Night and everybody's heard Gloria, but this particular album is the first time 
I heard a Patti Smith song and I took note of it. You know, I was like, wow, this is, this is really intense. This is Patti Smith. And it came off of this album. Um, and for a long time, it was my favorite Patti Smith song. Is that the song we're about to hear? N- no, it is not. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, rock and roll N word, which I don't like saying it. Uh, oh yeah. Is is the one that like hits the hardest hardest for me, and is the roughest, and it's the, it's, you know, it's that raw like, aggressive poet poetry, and uh, and I think it's a I think it's a killer song. Um, but the song that I chose for tonight is uh, is Privilege, and it was uh, originally well, it was originally a British pop song that came off of uh, a movie soundtrack, and uh, she kind of made it. Uh, she kind of like modernized it and made it made it her own. So I spent some time uh, doing a little research, um, and um, primarily not just this song, but this was the song, this is the song that that was like the main instigator for me. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But I couldn't find any reference to how influenced um, by Patti Smith uh, Nick Cave was. But there are several songs, this one being Exhibit A, that really feels like uh, sort of a template that Nick Cave will adopt um, mm-hmm. down the road. So I I was just like convinced that when I Google Nick Cave, Patti Smith, it's just going to be lots of references to the influences. But I couldn't find anything. I didn't try terribly hard, but... Um, it just, it feels like there is, there's got to be a direct line between songs like this by Patti Smith and, um, the direction that, that, uh, Nick Cave goes in. Well, I, I, that's an interesting thought. That's an interesting thought. Like I, like I said, this, uh, wasn't originally her song. She did tweak it though, so that it's got her sensibilities. Um, but listening to the original song if you ever get a chance to hear it it's it's that 60s like swing in london kind of you know mm-hmm. mod type uh tune yeah. who, it's who, interesting what she's done with it and and who was it by originally oh god i don't even know that i can tell you um it was like i said it was on a movie uh god um i think the movie might have been called privilege yeah, I think that's the case. I think the movie was called Privilege, but it was like a, hmm. a 1967, um, you know, 
67 flick about a pop star who uh, who kind of rises to the top and their influence and their success and how it becomes kind of a weapon um mm. you know so and and and, I, and that that song is obviously a direct reference to that yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Well, as I mentioned, um, the only two songs that I particularly like, we've already featured, but I had to pick a song, so I picked um, Because the Night, because why not? So here's something that may surprise you. I kind of hate this song. Um. Uh, now, do you uh, <laughs> do you prefer the um, the uh, Bruce Springsteen version to this? No, no, I don't. Pre- I don't prefer a whole lot with Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Um, and and I don't know. People may not like that. I I'm just not a Bruce Springsteen fan. Mm-hmm. Um, funny story about Springsteen and and Patti Smith though is that. Um, he went to her and was like, hey, uh, I want you to record a song of mine. And she was like, no, man, I, I don't like doing other people's songs, which in my mind is Wait, hysterical. wait, what? Yeah. She does tons no, this of is, covers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this, this is where I'm thinking, she's just telling Bruce that she just doesn't want to do it. Um, <laughs> so she says, no, I don't like doing other people's stuff, man. Um, really, I, I, which, like I, like you said, all her albums have covers on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said, you know what I do is I, I collaborate. I don't, you know, I do my own stuff or I collaborate with the people in my band, but I don't want to go around messing around with other people's stuff. And, uh, you know, you're going to hear some music if you listen to Patti Smith that Bruce Springsteen is on. He's either got vocals going on in there or he's playing guitar. And uh, so he was kind of made a temporary honorary member of the band, and they collaborated uh, <laughs> to come up with this this tune. Okay, let's move on to um, the fourth and final album released by the Patti Smith Group. This is an album called Wave, released in 1979. Um, the most famous song off of this album is Dancing Barefoot. And we have heard Citizenship off of this album when we covered May of uh, 1979. Uh, by far my favorite song off of this mm-hmm. album. Yeah. Yeah, mine too. Uh, but this is... Uh, the highs are really high and the lows are really low. Some of yeah, my favorite yeah. moments, some of my absolute least favorite moments. It, I still can't get over the fact that that Frederick is one of 
the most played Patti Smith songs. Fred, Frederick's one of those uh, sentimental songs because oh, that, so that, sentimental. Yeah, that was her husband. That was her husband. Yeah, you know, Fred. I, I got that, but you know, you know Fred that doesn't was her mean that I have no. to like the song. Yeah, no, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, funny thing about this, so this album was produced by Todd Rundgren. Yeah, and. Um, Todd, it said that Todd would, would bring peyote into the studio just to get everybody in the right frame of mind to record. <laughs> so so did Todd get along with Patty more than John Cale did? A lot more than John Cale did, yeah. <laughs> good, good. Well, um, as we mentioned in our May um, uh, episode, Rolling Stone thinks that uh, the song Dancing Barefoot is the 323rd greatest song of all time. And it's kind of famous for being covered by a lot of artists. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, by far, my favorite songs off of this album are the ones where she's coming unhinged. Uh, but it is, the, the music is so tight and controlled in a good way, um, you know, um, so controlled maybe isn't quite the right word, but it's not loose and sloppy. It's right. um, it's driving and it's focused. And um, so because of that, I, uh, I really like the song Revenge. So let's, let's listen to Revenge. I got to say, they do pretty well for being on peyote through the whole recording. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's kind of funny uh, because this song is, I wonder how intentional it is, but this is like, this is so close to being just a cover of the Beatles, She's So Heavy. <laughs> Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it kind of works. It doesn't it doesn't bother me. You know, they they had to have been um, aware of it. Right. Because mm -hmm. of the the production choices that they made to sort of mimic the sounds that were used in the in the chord progressions are are I I'm not, you know, enough of a, a music theory musician to be able to say that they're identical but they sure sound pretty damn similar to me well but still can, they, yeah. they make it work they totally make it yeah. work i can i can tell you that uh if you know of of patty that, so patty smith was very influenced by by reggae music mm. and very influenced by the beatles and and that is the truth so mm. You know, it might be one of those things where if you play them side by side, you're going to trip out a bit. Mm. Um, <laughs> but there's a fine line between being influenced by and copying something, right? 
That's so weird, a musician being influenced by the Beatles. Go figure. Go figure. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, we, we have mentioned a couple of times that Patti Smith had a lot of covers on her mm-hmm. albums. Uh, and case in point is the song that you picked. Why did yeah. you pick this song? What an unremarkable well, song. I'm going to tell you because I, I like the original. So I picked So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star. Um, and my favorite song on this album is Citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I, I kind of dig Revenge. Um, you mentioned how there are some really, there's some good high points and the really low points. Now, yeah. So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star, I don't find to be the lowest point of the album. Oh, no, me either. Yeah, I find it to be a pretty good cover. In fact, um, I like the song anyway, and it's it's pretty straight, you know, pretty straightforward cover tune. Um, but what I like about this is that I think this version of this song holds up. Um, it withstands the, the the test of time. Like it holds up till today. I think it still sounds, you know, fairly modern to me. And this is a song coming out of 1979, so. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of got into it. I kind of yeah, got into I mean, the, I, the modern version I, of it. I actually agree with you on that level. I fundamentally just don't like this song. I've, yeah. fa- I've always found the song annoying. But, you know. Well, we, we couldn't play Citizenship again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's listen to uh, So You Wanna Be a Rock and Roll Star. It was originally a bird's tune, um, and uh, you know, in that original, there was more of a 1960s love and peace and sing-songy, and and then the Patti Smith group kind of belt they belt it out and kick. I think that I think it kicks ass a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you're listening to it, there's a sound in the drum roll at the end, and there's the guitars, and and I think the music just sets it all off for me. Mm-hmm. So then the um, Patti Smith group break up, and um, Patti Smith is. Did she did she declare that she retired, or did she just kind of take a hiatus and do the family thing for a while? Uh, it was never her intention to retire or to go away, but people, I think people just kind of got the vibe that she was done, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that had to do with the fact that Patti Smith group was definitely broken up. You know it. Mm-hmm. members of the band kind of want to do their own thing or whatever it just they were broken up and so i think people just kind of felt like well that's it patty smith's retiring to have have a family um and i mean she and she certainly didn't stop doing stuff within that time she i mean she she still wrote poetry she still played uh music um but i think she focused on the whole family bit and 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 i think that i don't know 
that made people feel like she was done. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be until another nine years that she releases any music. So 1988 sees the release of her uh, first solo album under the moniker just uh, Patti Smith. No group involved. Um, I got to tell you, uh, so I've only listened to the first two of her solo albums because that's what we're covering um, tonight. And uh, I, these are my two least favorite of these six. And um, she just kind of feel it just kind of sounds like she's she's coasting, you know, to me. So Dream of Life came out in 1988. Um, this was the last album that Robert Maplethorpe worked on her with. Like he, you know, he had a hand in the design of the album, the cover. You know, he, he was he was a famous artist, famous photographer, and so, um, you know, he was he. They were very good friends. Now she had a lot going on there was this unexpected pregnancy and you know this her friend was sick and there was all kinds of crap so i think that might be the case that it was her kind of phoning it in or at least feeling like she needed to do something and uh, she and fred actually worked on this album or or kind of concocted this album years ahead of time and and it kind of needed to get done so Oh, we should mention that the um, the most um, famous song off of this is a song called uh, People Have the Power. I don't think it was a really big hit at the time, but then uh, Michael Stipe kind of mm -hmm. tweaked it and the, he used it for, what did he use it for? He used it for some sort of like get out the vote effort right. later on yeah. or something yeah, exactly. uh, which pushed it up to um, well that's the reason why it's the third most listened to song of Patti Smith's I personally do not care for the song at all I think it's cheese ball it is like yeah. up to your eyeballs it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is what song I, I know in your email um, that you sent me when you picked your songs, um, you indicated that you have some some very strong feelings about the song Up There, Down There. So so yeah. tell me what your connection w is with this song. Um, so I, I think so. First of all, I, I love um, the way that uh, Fred's guitar kind of plays off of her vocals and that her vocals kind of play off of his guitar riffs. I, I like, um, I really enjoy her vocals here. It, to me, it feels like um, she's kind of playing back to, to how she was with the album Easter. So it's kind of, kind of playing back to, to her vocals from that era. Um, mm -hmm. And also in this song, I want to say kind of towards the middle, she does like a really hilarious Bob Dylan impression. Um, listen for it because it, it's de and it's definitely a Bob Dylan impression. It was intentional. So.
So dream, dream of life. Uh, again, I, I mean, I, I loved up there, down there, and it's funny because I was really adamant about, you know, we we I really want this. This is important to play. <laughs> this song for me is important, and it's again my least favorite album, and uh, I don't know. It's it, I'm just not crazy about the album. Mm-hmm. There's some songs that are silly and lullaby, and you know, just kind of not not my bag. But up there, down there, I I really dig. Mm -hmm. Well, the song I picked uh, is a song called As the Night Goes By. Uh, Just because I, I, um, after listening to all of these Patti Smith albums, um, this song just had some, you know, it was a little, it leaped out at me because of the um, instrumentation and just how sort of crisp and bright and simple the music was um uh, like really clean production Darling, come undercover. Night to discover. let's slip where senses gather Let's drift between the sea and sky as the night goes by. Sand shift, orchids are strange in the moon. So the song you picked, by the way, as the night goes by, isn't actually part of the original release. Which, uh, I, now that you mention it, kind of makes sense about why it kind of stood out for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so when they they did a reissue um on cd and the original album had eight songs whereas the cd reissue had 10 as the night goes by was a bonus track and wild leaves was also a bonus track all right the uh, final album by patty smith that we're going to discuss tonight is uh, her 1996 release called gone again This is by far my least favorite of the albums that we've listened to so far. Uh, It's just got this, like, southern fried rock Americana thing Uh, that uh, is... I mean, sometimes it's done... That sort of stuff is done in a way that I like it well enough. Um, but she just she just kind of sounds like a tourist here. Uh, it is not engaging to me at all. Um, I very rarely like this kind of music. Well, um, she, this this album also was probably the biggest challenge for her. Um, you know, and I I mentioned earlier that she took loss very personally, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. this was after, of course, Fred had passed away, her husband, and. Uh, you know, her. She had many friends that that were dying of natural and unnatural causes. Mabel Thorpe was gone already. Fred died, um, and this album was supposed to be her and Fred. They had talked about putting it together and and, and making the album. Um, and then, you know, she had great admiration and uh, appreciation for Kurt Cobain, and he had 
he had died by suicide. And so this, this kind of came out of, of all that. And, so. and that's kind of, that theme is what this album is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The song that I yeah. picked is the title track, Gone Again, which uh, directly addresses that. Have a winter's tale, a vagrant hearts relate, prevail. So they're feeding to the wind, seize the sky in the corner. Listening to this this album, I I kind of I, I got morose, you know. I got uh, I got kind of dark listening to it, and I think it mostly had to do with the fact that I knew about the things that surrounded the album. Not so much listening to the lyrics or listening to the songs, although there are some songs in there that I think are pretty pretty fairly dark, and I like a good dark song, but <laughs> but. But I, I don't know. I got kind of, uh, I got kind of almost, almost weepy just, just listening to this album. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not my favorite album. It, as far as the six we covered, it's middle of the road for me. But uh, mm-hmm. it's got some, got some very interesting tunes in it. So the song you picked, um, my understanding is this was the song that was written directly uh, for. Kurt Cobain, or rather about Kurt Cobain, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I picked about a boy. not a fan of this song i mean in my mind you could call this birdland part two um (laughs) i have a hard time getting through it i i do get i do get through it because it's not as long as birdland but um this is you you and i gravitate to two very different things with uh indeed well (laughs) actually but but you like pretty much all the stuff that i like so you so that's that's not a fair. Um, yeah, not not as fair. adamantly sometimes, yeah. Yeah. but but yeah, I'm I'm I think I'm more open. Yeah, I'm more I, open I, I think in, in you, my, my ways. You're you cast a much wider net yeah. when it comes yeah, to yeah. Uh, Patty Smith and connecting with her stuff, which is great. Um, this that made um, this last week a much more pleasant one for you than it was for me. <laughs> this is not like light, buoyant, you know. Uh, no one's ever going to mistake a Patti Smith song with a B-52 song. That's for Not sure. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs>
Okay, well, that um, that puts us up to 1996. At some point, we will um, continue on with the rest of Patti Smith's catalog. Um, and uh, any last thoughts about Patti Smith and the Patti yeah. Smith group? Absolutely. So where you were even driven deeper into your uh, feelings against Patti Smith's discography and Patti Smith's songs, music, um, it made me appreciate her even more. Um, yeah, I just found that, that I love... I love her even more and and mm -hmm. I don't even like the albums a whole lot on a whole. I like individual songs out of them or I like, you know, certain albums. Mm -hmm. Um it's but, it, but and yeah. to to be clear, it's not like I dislike her more than I did before, but the thing is now I know all of her stuff. So I there was before I could sort of go give her a benefit of the doubt and go oh mm -hmm. i bet there's like lots of like little obscure nooks and crannies musically within these albums that i just absolutely resonate with and i can't say that anymore because now i've really experienced all these albums and so yeah. so i know for certainty that she is just not for me i mean there are a number yeah. number of songs that um i really do like but i haven't I haven't put any of these songs on my um, personal playlist, and I, I don't no. anticipate doing it. Who knows? At at some point, one of these songs, you know, pumping might might actually do it. Space Monkey might, you know, mm -hmm. keep growing on me. Those are those are pretty nifty little songs. But um, Citizenship is pretty great, for sure. So <laughs> it is. It is yeah. really great. So, so at the end of the world, if we are faced with a choice mm. between Patty Smith and Nick Lowe, <laughs> Patty Smith. I, there you go. Easy. <laughs> and once again, want to emphasize, I you will never hear me call her overrated or um, question her um, status as a legitimate icon and influence of many, many artists that I absolutely love. I think the world is a better place and music is better because of her. Um, yeah. But I just, I want to listen to the artists that were inspired by her much more than I actually want to listen to her. There you go. Well, that's it. I think it's time yeah. for us to wrap things up. Once again, taking next month off, you'll hear from us. And when we come get back to our regularly scheduled programming in August, we're going to look at June, July, 1979. So excited. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cannot wait. Yeah. It's uh, so good. And uh, we're going to have a whole week to a uh, whole month rather to uh, gear up for that and recharge our batteries and just come charging out of the gate. So very, very excited about that. Well, Rob, um, I think our work here is done, my friend. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I would like to thank you, Joseph, for, you know, for, for, coming along well for joining me or me joining you for the both of us being on this journey together it was a heck of a trip 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so now I know. Now you know. Now I know what <laughs> Patty Smith is all about. Now I know that she is not for me. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. Well, have a good restful month. Yeah, you too. Okay. We will talk to you soon, everybody. See ya. <laughs>